All right. Happy Saturday. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this awesome episode that we will be having tonight. It will be very informative. So please feel free to ask questions as we go through. Uh, tonight, of course, uh, our trusty troublemaker is not with us tonight. He is working. So we are having a whole girls party without him. So yay, he ain't here. <laughs> so, of course, um, we were out last week due to somebody's uh, birthday weekend and somebody was a little too um, tipsy to have well, been podcasting. Well. I yeah. was dead. Yeah. So, yeah. But I'm here now. And I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm no, no drinks. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, of course, um, we had this awesome person on with us last year. And <laughs> the, the conversation was amazing. And everybody definitely loved her. So, of course, we had to bring her back. So we have Dr. Ken back in the building tonight. Hi. <laughs> thank you for having me back. I really enjoyed Most, it last time. So thank you. Most definitely. I think that was probably about one of our most talked about episodes. Really? <laughs> it was. And I and the funny thing, it was I heard it so much from the guys. The guys was just like overflowed with man she said this and she says this and this and this and <laughs> it was like the whole topic for like two weeks was ph <laughs> man i'm gonna go tell them this say i think your ph is off. i was like i'm gonna need you not to be walking around telling nobody that like that I was, so I mean, the guys was on a whole different cloud with that i episode. love it i just did a video for guys uh just yesterday <laughs> Things that they needed to know about pH. Yes, I'm mm -hmm. glad. <laughs> yeah, they they definitely definitely loved it, and they would like I say they would they you could tell that the it was good information for them because of course a lot of them have daughters and they're like mm -hmm. oh well, we needed this because we need to know not only that you got significant other or if you're dating somebody right. so it was just like information that was given to them that you knew they got something from it was like okay i remember this 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 she said this 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 so Great. it was that you know it actually stuck with them oh, so that, that so was happy. um that was like super amazing and i, I was glad for that because yeah that that episode was amazing i was like hey okay cool business um i'm glad so of course because we just had a ball on there 
told you we would definitely have you back. So, yes, definitely have to do it, especially with this topic. Yes. Um, this topic seems like I, I know for me, I'm seeing it more and more and more mm -hmm. uh, lately. Um, a lot of people are dealing with fibroids. Uh, I know in December, um, regular, well, after my episode that I had over the summer where my blood was by gone, it was like, who, where did it go? <laughs> yeah. A little surprise. It was like, okay, now we have to investigate. We have to figure out what happened. So one of the things they had me do was to get tested to see if I had fibroids. Um, turn out, yes, I did. So I'm like, oh, well, ain't this okay, well, here we go. Where we go from here? That was the beginning, the journey of where do we go from here? And depending who your OBGYN or that is, it's going to determine how where you go from there, whether they care or if they just mm -hmm. trying to get a little extra money. In they yep. <laughs> and I have nicely discovered that. So some of them are real knife happy. Uh, man, real, real, like, like they killers or something. Like <laughs> I, I, I do want that though, for real. I want it. I don't need you to try to cut that. I, I want right. that. Keep it. So, what are fibroids? So, fibroids are just like this. They're benign. They're they're extra growths. They just come from a lot of inflammation. Um, they they're more of an inconvenience because they're not cancerous. So they can grow within the uterus, they can grow within the cavity of the uterus, they can grow within the walls of the uterus, and they can grow on the outside of the uterus. Um, and they, they, can, they can cause a whole lot of problems or they can cause no problems at all. So most people are going to be asymptomatic, no symptoms at all. Um, but they're not cancerous. And there's um, some that can turn into cancer, but that's like less than 1% that's going to turn into cancer. So um, they're, just, they're really, really common. Uh, especially African American women, um, they, I think the the statistic is over sixty percent of Black women will have at least one fibroid. Um, but it's only like fifty. Yeah, yeah I, I was reading on that because I know years back, first thing I heard is Black women get them. Black women get them, oh, and then you would be. Then it was like, okay, black women get them, and the reason black women get them, they were saying because of the perms that we were putting in our hair. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think so. I think perms are causing a lot of cancer cells in the body. Um, I believe fibroids are a lot of times caused by our diet, the things that we're eating as far as inflammatory foods, the dairy that we eat. Um, if you think about like, um, I would tell people think about a cow and the way back in the day, our great, great grandparents weren't going through this because there was single there were cows here in the field named milk them and they whatever. But the cow industry, the, the dairy industry now, they're um, pumping up these cows with hormones in order for them to continuously reproduce and artificially inseminate them. These are the same cows that we're getting dairy from, the same cows that we're getting the out um, the offspring of those cows. We're getting these things with all of these hormones. And so now we're taking in a whole bunch more hormones than we would have normally taken in. And so mm -hmm. that to me has an effect on this. And um, when you think about the GMOs and the food, um, the inflammatory foods that we eat, our diet, um, 
and the sugars, the sugars that we eat. We have a um, high sugar diet here in the U.S. So that to me, those things contribute more than the relaxes that we put in our hair. Now, I'm not saying the relaxes aren't causing problems. I think they are causing cancer. Um, but when it comes to fibroids and everything with our reproductive system, um, I believe that's all diet related. Mm. Um, in addition to just hereditary and things that's going to happen anyway, but I think it's increased because of our diet. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, uh, I saw something on there that said <laughs> when it came down, it was a, spe a specific part, uh, that I read and it, it, it said the, the ancestral part for when it came down to African-Americans. And it said the African ancestry is considered a key risk factor for the development of fibroids. Yes, it is. It, and it's just, but it makes you wonder, is it because of something in our genetics or is it because of behaviors that most of us are participating in? That's how I look at most health conditions that they say, um, you know, or we're at higher risk. When you think about high blood pressure, um, you're mm. at high risk if you're African-American, but when you look at it, is it, what's the things that's adding to that, um, that's making us at higher risk? I think some of it has to do with genetics when it comes to blood pressure, but some of it has to do with, look at the African-American diet. So compared to, you know, we like to say white folks don't season stuff <laughs> oh. and we might be overly seasoning. So Sometimes you got to look at the behaviors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look. <laughs> look. Yeah. As you know. ancestors <laughs> say stop. Yeah. What, what's that? That One of the chefs that uh, is on IG that I watch, if you ain't sneezing, it ain't seasoned. Look, I, we just said that because my boyfriend boiled, um, I'm, you know, I'm in Louisiana, we boil crawfish. And um, we just, somebody just used that phrase today because I was like, if it's not spicy, I don't want it. And it was like, if you're not seasoning, it ain't seasoned. <laughs> so, yeah, we just yeah. literally used that phrase today. And but that's how we feel. But yeah. that is contributing to our, our, our blood pressure issues. We're already salt retainers. That's the part that I think is genetic is we're salt retainers. But yeah. we're already retaining the salt just because that's who we are. But we continue to eat more than everybody else. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I actually had that happen this week at work. Um, one of the girls was complaining that I didn't season the meat, the taco meat enough. So here she goes with this heavy hand and she's in there. Uh oh. And I was like, baby, baby, it, it, is you going to sprinkle all the salt on there? Like, just like, you know, you just turn, you're going to turn 41. You really want to. And she said, well, I know you got to season a certain way for the kids, but I just, uh, okay. Mm -hmm. Baby, mm -hmm. don't come back and bite you. <laughs> you, 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 baby, you hitting your 40s and you just, you heavy with the salt. You got to add extra with everything. Like, you go no. High blood pressure. And that ain't no joke. It is not a fun ride. Mm -hmm. <laughs> No, and she already got the swelling going on her feet, and I was looking. I was like, "But you see that she already, she already, she's already showing signs. So if she's swelling already. She probably got high blood pressure." Yeah, I'm like, mm, okay. she's retaining the salt already. Yeah, and then don't like to drink water. Oh yeah, 
we know what her issue is. <laughs> yeah, so that definitely because when you when you do look at our diets, the majority of a, a African American diet is fried, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. fried chicken, fried mm -hmm. pork chops, and I know even with my job. When we have pork chop day, I hate it. I can't fry the kids' food, so theirs is baked. But I have to turn around and fry the employees' food. If it ain't fried, it's going to be a problem. And then I have to turn around and make gravy. Mm. I don't make no gravy. It's a problem. Yeah. So you got to think about that. That's how our diet is. And it's just that's contributing to a lot of things. And so when I always start with, um, whenever I start with treatment of anything, I always start with diet. And they're like, why are you always talking about diet? Why you because we have the things that the things that are causing us issues started with our diet. Our diet is the cause of most of these issues. So we have to catch it where the root cause is. So we got to fix this problem before we start adding, you know, artificial treatments to it. Let's fix the root cause and maybe we won't need the artificial treatment. We won't need the medication. So let's start with the root cause. But people don't want to do that because it's like you're either stuck in your ways. You, you know, you want to be lazy because you don't want to do certain things. Are you just like so a lot of people just don't want to change. And a lot of people just want to take the medication or they just want the easy route. And it's like, let me get the easy route and I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. And yeah. that's unfortunately, that's how a lot of people are. So when I hear the ones that say those doctors want us to just spend money and they want us to do this, but they never told us how to do this. Yes, we tell you all the time, but nobody wants to hear it. Now you're in your moment. <laughs> now you all woke and you feel like, oh, they're not telling us this and they want us to, they want us to do this. That's probably one of the first things they told you, but you didn't want to hear that. So yeah, just, yeah. yeah we got to open our eyes and start seeing that a lot of the things that are happening to us, it's happening because of our behaviors. And it's yeah. not, it like sometimes people don't want to take on that blame. And I tell them it's not our fault. Um, this is this is the world that we're in. So we once we have acknowledged it and we see it, we can let the blame go and say, okay, it's not our fault, but it's going to be our fault from this point on if we continue to do those things and we know better. Exactly, exactly. So what are some symptoms of fibroids? So you have um, your most common symptoms of fibroids are going to be like your heavy bleeding, your heavy menstrual bleeding, um, or prolonged periods, um, really bad, heavy cramping and pelvic pain. Some people will have, um, if they have larger fibroids and it's pressing on certain things, they'll have like bladder um, issues. Some people will actually have... Um, you know, protruding bellies because of their, the fibroids on the outside of the uterus and it's pushing on things. Um, there is anemia because the fibroids a lot of times will take a blood supply and they, they're like just feeding off your blood supply. So you can have anemia. Um, you can have anemia from the heavy, heavy bleeding. Um, but those are your more common symptoms that you're going to have. Most people are going to know that they have fibroids based on that heavy bleeding or cramping or the anemia, like you found out through anemia. Mm, the bad way. Yeah. <laughs> Trip to the emergency room. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, so then you got to consider those symptoms of anemia. I had a coworker. She had, was having symptoms of anemia. And I was like, I think you're, she knew she was anemic. Um, and she got down her H&H uh, &H was so low. She needed, I think, four bags of blood. 
um, ended, up having, ended up having surgery emergency, um, emergently in the hospital because um, after they gave her the blood, then they figure out how bad the fibroids were. And so she ended up having to have the surgery for the fibroids. Um, but she didn't have the symptoms. She didn't know. She had heavy bleeding with her periods, but that was her only symptom. She didn't have a lot of cramping. She just had heavy bleeding. So she just didn't think anything of it because she had always had heavy bleeding. Um, so her major thing was finding out, you know, through being a severely anemic, wow. mm. very dark skin girl, beautiful chocolate skin. She started looking great started oh. looking like, to say, and I, I don't even, I had never seen anything like that in my life because I always like admired her skin color. It was always chocolate and just pretty. And she's very dark skin, chocolate, pretty girl, but it just started looking weird looking. And I was just like, you sure you're okay you don't look right. It just looks different. Like she just looked great. So I'm guessing in a lighter skin person, it would have been easier to tell, but for her, it just started to, she started looking great looking. Wow. Whoa. Mm. Wow. Yeah. yeah Cause even with me, um, I think I, I overlooked my symptoms because I, for me, uh, with being, uh, having insomnia, I just chopped it up to me being tired and not sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like, even when I noticed the changes of going grocery shopping and I'm getting the groceries out of the car and I bring some groceries in, I bring them out and I got to sit down to catch my mm-hmm. breath. Like, yeah. And I'm, I'm still yeah. chopping it up. So, Ooh, okay, you know, a couple of hours of sleep because, you know, I don't mm-hmm. sleep. So that's how I was justifying mine and like okay mm-hmm. i'm sure it's just because i really haven't been sleeping in that time that's really what was going on so but then they got to that point and i'm like damn okay i know mm-hmm. i was this bad out of shape so sudden i was just doing grocery shopping deliveries and that mm-hmm. was like all of a, like it was all of a sudden and i was like well damn so, That's a yeah. symptom that a lot of people need they they blow off and they need to pay attention to when you feel like you are, your exercise tolerance is lower than it's ever been. Like you feel like just walking, you're feeling out of breath. You're feeling like, like really just heavy and tired. That's a symptom of something. And you have to, I tell people like, when you feel stuff like that, you know, if, if you're not dehydrated, you didn't drink enough water or you didn't eat and this is, and you notice, okay, I've I've been drinking water, I ate, this is persisting for more than a few days. Mm -hmm. That's something you need to get evaluated for because that's a sign of serious things. That could be a sign of a heart issue. That could be a sign of anemia. Mm-hmm. That could be a sign. So it could be major, like a heart issue. Like you, may, your heart may not be pumping the way it's supposed to be pumping and you may not know. So um, yeah, that's something people should take seriously when you start feeling like, okay, just carrying these groceries from here to there, have me tired. That's not right. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And for me, I know that was the last thing that was, in my mind, so when she's when I it was suggested, and I was like, nah. And she's like, Are you having hair cycles? I'm like, no. And at that point, I wasn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't start having heavy cycles until like months later, like down mm-hmm. the line when I actually after I actually went to the appointment and discovered I had fibroids. It was like, what the hell? They had a job do open the floodgates because damn, like right? the hell is going on. So it was like a totally different thing but then it led to me I think I get tested every couple of months to make sure that my blood is still where it needs to be and hasn't dropped 
Um, so yeah, I'm like, hell, I'm gonna be out of blood because I have to go get all these damn tests every couple of damn months. <laughs> That's where my blood is going. But just even now being so aware of you know, making sure that it's up because even when it is up now, and they're like, Well, you can stop taking your iron pills. I'm like, Bullshit, no, I can't. <laughs> nope, I only feel that medicine. Nope, I am not trying to have part two of that. I'll pass. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah, I'm like, No, I'm, I'm good on that. Um, so with we talk about the heavy bleeding, what is an example or how can you rationalize, I guess, heavy bleeding? That's always a hard one for me to explain. Um, changing pads every hour. That's heavy bleeding. There's people that are changing pads every hour on the hour. Um, I've seen people are changing pads twice an hour, changing tampons, you know, every hour, two hours, because tampons can last with four or six hours. I haven't used tampons in so long, but yeah, they can last about four or six hours. Um, or if you have a cup, your cup's not lasting more than three hours. Like that's, that's heavy bleeding. So there's people that are having those times where, and there's people that have like endometriosis or um, other issues that are heavy bleeders like that as well. So, um, but changing a pad every hour, that's not normal. You shouldn't have to change a pad every hour on the hour. And a lot of those people, they'll really? see. Um, oh my God. Super, the super absorbency pads they're changing every hour. Yeah. Um, you also yeah. see a lot yes. of um, large clots. So you get a lot of cramping with the big, with the very large clots. You'll have um, really heavy, heavy cramps. Um, but you should not be changing. I always tell people, you should, that's not a normal thing to change your pads every, every hour. Definitely. Yeah, because I, I see what Hope put on there, the experience in the, uh, of blood clots. Yeah, um, that that should make your skin crawl. You're like, bitch, I'm dying. What is going on? <laughs> like, that, that's a whole nother level of experience is yeah. like, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah. Say, that definitely does not mean bleeding that's like they're urinating it's just flowing that's not normal oh wow yeah i have a, a, a had a few people tell me that type of blood and i'm like that's not no nope, mm -hmm. that's not normal i see yeah. she asked about um polycystic ovarian yeah. syndrome that's a totally different subject that's one of my favorite subjects to talk about but that's totally yeah. different from um the fibroids yeah if you want to answer that you can answer it though Oh, that's just, it's, that's a whole, that's a whole Pandora's box. I, I got about yeah. a bunch of videos on that. Like it's one, like it's one of my favorite things to talk about, but it's a lot. It's, it's, um, it's not considered like it's, it's a misnomer because it's called polycystic ovarian syndrome, but it doesn't mean that you have cysts. You don't even have to have cysts to have the syndrome or you can have cysts and not have the syndrome. So it's yeah. a um, a syndrome and it's like a group of symptoms that you may have um, that range from like um, your irregular cycle to no cycle at all. So you're not ovulating the way you're supposed to be, um, weight gain, difficulty losing weight, hair loss, hair growth on your face, um, uh, acne. So it's a bunch of different things um, all together with polycystic ovarian syndrome. Mm. Yeah, 
That that there that and that's another one that seems like almost to a point like it's a African American. It's a you know why it seems because it's associated with obesity, and many of us are considered obese even when we fine as hell. So like we get it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's 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 associated with insulin resistance, and so again, that's us. We like to eat, so um, that's why you see that in a lot of uh, African Americans. But again, that's another one that can be fixed with diet. It's a little hard, but it can be it can be fixed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Santi's one of them babies from Picos. <laughs> yeah. Once I started exercising, it was like, oh, hey, how y'all doing? Like, bro, for real. Yeah, it was it was he was that kid. Like I struggled. Um, my kids are what she was. 13 when I had him. So yeah, there's like a 13 year difference in between my kids. And I got mm -hmm. fertility tested, everything. They was like, no, you're good. Everything's great. And then when I got to the point and I got the case of the fuckies, I was like, you know what? Obviously, I'm not going to have another one. Just fine. Got in the gym, started dropping. Yep. Ta-da! <laughs> Here comes baby. I'm like, I know you playing. I, bro, I didn't got got You got everything together. So you fixed the insulin resistance, whatever was going on there, and that triggered you to start ovulating the way you were supposed to, and you fixed it. Like, it's... <laughs> mm. That's what happened. Mm. 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 Man. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's funny. I see a lot of the trainers... Uh, especially the guy trainers, one that we watch, um, Ryan, and he's on there and he, every time he gets somebody where they supposed to be and then they come up pregnant and he's sick, but he don't realize, bro, you've just taken them to where they're yeah. supposed to be. Yeah, it's a celebration just in a different form because right. you're getting them out into a healthier space. Yeah, yeah, they're getting a baby out of it, but you're getting yeah. them into a healthier <laughs> space. So it's a whole different pat on the back it exactly. just got a baby with it he just didn't realize that you actually you just did something yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just created yeah. life sir <laughs> exactly. so it, it's it's that totally different thing but as diet keeps coming up in this conversation with everything uh i know that you had done a video before mm -hmm. so what is a the diet that can help with fibroids Okay, so first you want to, look, let me grab my notes so I can remember, don't forget anything. First, you want to avoid certain things. Like remember I told you about the dairy. So decreasing your dairy intake is going to be number one, like the, the milks and the cheeses and things like that. Decreasing that. I know it's good. It tastes good. But that's going to be, because that's bringing in exogenous hormones that you don't need. So you want to decrease that. And if you're going to do any of it, try to go organic where, you know, at least that's going to be on another, you know, you're not doing so much of the hormones. Um, second thing is you're going to decrease any um, refined sugars and carbs mm -hmm. because all of those things are now adding to it. That's going to increase um, like any hormonal fluctuations that will increase the growth of fibroids. So you're going to, that's the things you're going to remove. So processed foods, um, sugars, dairy, because all of those increase inflammation and increase growth. Um, 
You can also limit alcohol. I know a lot of people are not going to want to hear that, but um, alcohol increases inflammation. Um, it also decreases your immunity function. So you want to decrease those things, those things. And then you want to decrease caffeine because um, caffeine is also um, <laughs> some hormonal issues. So uh, a lot of people are like, what? I got to decrease my caffeine. <laughs> What'd you, you say? I'm like, are you all right, Pinks? <laughs> the yeah. facial I did caught on a couple of things. Look, I had to look. My my, they say caffeine free, but I got the sugar in it. So yeah, so decreasing the caffeine. So I had to, I pulled my list out for the things that you got to eat more of. So because I know the things, those are things that you definitely want to decrease as much as possible because those are the things that's gonna like just keep everything out of whack. So what do you need to eat more of? You got to do more green leafy vegetables. So that's going to help you with inflammation. Um, green leafy vegetables are full of vitamin K. So that's going to help with like the clotting and control bleeding. So you're not going to bleed as heavy when you're eating those green leafy vegetables. So um, like your spinach and things like that, like that's, that's where you get that iron and all those things from. So you want to increase those. Um, cruciferous vegetables like your broccoli and your cauliflower and cabbage, those are going to help to balance your estrogen. So you need to increase those. Mm. Um, carrots, spinach and kale, those because they have beta carotene and that's going to help your uh, repair your tissues um, and that's going to help to treat the fibroids themselves is by eating those the, um, ones with high um, with beta carotene. And I think vitamin A, yeah. Um, iron's going to help with the heavy periods. And then you can do certain supplements. Supplements-wise, you want to do flaxseed. Flaxseed is amazing when it comes to balancing estrogen levels. And that's going to help to shrink the fibroids. So instead of you getting birth control or being on a contraceptive that has estrogen in there, you can now do something that's going to increase your normal production Um balance your normal production of estrogen so you're gonna have flaxseed so you can do that in like the um you can put that in your food you can do the little supplements um and then flaxseed also decreases inflammation um vitex or chasberry i don't know if you guys ever heard of that nope never heard of that chasberry they have chasberry tea um there's uh they come in capsules what that does is that decreases estrogen levels. So that helps to strengthen, that helps to, that helps because a lot of times your your estrogen levels are just all over the place. And so you need to to override and so that you're coming in there to balance everything out. So Vitex would help with that. Uh, fish oil, fish oil helps to decrease inflammation. Um, B complex, so all your B vitamins, that's gonna help regulate your estrogen levels. Um, and then other ways to balance the hormones naturally. Let's see, you got um, the chasberry, herbal teas like dandelion root and stuff like that. Um, what else? Fish oil, flaxseed. I'm trying to think about what else. Milk thistle. And um, that's all I can think about right now. I'm trying to think. I thought I wrote some more down. Um, but those are going to help you naturally with your fibroids. What's one, what was L, L thinning or what was that before? Cause I know I've heard you use that one before mentioning it for something on your, on your lives. Which the, one? The L, some L thinning before. I know I bought some, I can't um, think of it. L thinning? Can't be. 
can't be the what was that one? I know that is something that L-theanine helps with like um anxiety, helps relax you, helps with sleep. Um I'm trying to think. I wrote some down somewhere. Um other supplements that you can take. But I did the video on TikTok that had a bunch of them. But um mm-hmm. for most people, like I said, I would do flaxseed, I would do the um fish oil, um and trying to eat more of those those vegetables. Wait, I know what I got it spitting somewhere. Let me hold up. Let me find it. Okay, go ahead. Because I'm curious how some that how I guess the person that does not eat vegetables would have to go into the supplement version. Um. I'm trying to figure out a way to say this in the best way possible. (laughs) 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 Uh, Grow the F up. (laughs) It's time for you. Like if you got to eat vegetables, like we have to eat the things that are going to help us. So I like at that point, I'm telling them to grow up. Like we got to eat the things. What happened to her? She disappeared. Oh no! I was just blowing her up because she's the person I was talking about. She's childish as hell. That's why. (laughs) I wish she. You need to grow up, man. <laughs> oh, you were being petty. Oh my God. I was like, what happened? Yeah, like at that point, I really tell my patients this. I when I talk to my patients, I talk to my patients like they're my family. And they're like, Well, I don't eat vegetables. And I'm like, You 30 something years old, it's time for you to grow up. Like, I can understand you saying that at 20. I can understand you said at 25. At some point, we have to realize that like we have to eat the things that's best for our body. We were created to eat the things that came from the earth. And we are constantly eating the things that are processed in the labs. And we look at the things that we were supposed to eat that were created for us to eat as something that's ill or that's weird. Or why are you eating that mm-hmm. when that's what we're supposed to be eating? So um, yeah, uh, only thing I can tell you is just, you gotta eat it. <laughs> I'm gonna defend myself cause I've been doing better. Good, cause she just put you on a spot. I was wondering she why you give me no like credit at all. <laughs> cause it's funny, cause when you were naming off the vegetables, she's sitting there and she's like, "I was thinking, I was like, okay, I might be able to do spinach. I may be able to do that one." How old are you? She just turned thirty nine. <laughs> yeah, you, you gotta like. I'm gonna tell you this. I will say this. I used to be the one of the pickiest eaters ever. I didn't want anything. The only greens that I ate was, um, I ate okra and I ate green beans. I didn't eat nothing else. And when I went vegan, I started my taste buds changed and I started eating more things. And I realized that I could eat these things. They're not. They're not gonna kill me. Like I'm not gonna die when I eat them. And then the more you actually eat them the more you actually start to like them. They're like, oh, you appreciate them. Or you, they taste so, you know, like they're more tolerable. So you just have to say, okay, you know what? I got to put this in my diet. I got to remove something and I got to add something. So, yeah. you know, remove something and then put some broccoli in place or put some cabbage in place. Like I didn't eat cabbage till I was 35. I love cabbage now. I love Brussels sprouts. I love like all this food that I didn't eat before. So, um, and for me, it's a, it's a, it's more of a growing up thing sometimes. Now there's going to be things that you just don't like that you didn't, that you can eat and just say, that's just, I can't eat that. That's just nasty. I didn't try it five times, but mm-hmm. there's other things that you just have to say, okay, let me eat this. I got to taste it. I got to start trying it. It's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. 
get you some um some carrots and some kale and some spinach. <laughs> she said kale, and I'm like, I'll eat some spinach. I ain't messing with no kale. Dang. Kale has a very bitter taste, but you can do things to kale. Like you can take kale, put some olive oil on there, put some seasoning on there, put it in the oven, and make kale chips. And you can season them however you want them to season, and they taste good. Like you could put um, there's recipes that like you could make it taste like barbecue chips, or you can make it taste like um, you can put anything on there. <laughs> it's, Kale can be, you can, kale is just one of those that does have a bit of taste, but you can play with it. Like, I love kale chips. When I was vegan, I used to take some kale, put it on a pan, sprinkle with olive oil, put some salt on there, shake it up, put it in the oven for a little bit. They come out crispy and I would just eat them. It would give I'm you my little. That. I'm going to actually try that. Yeah. They're not bad. And there's like different recipes, different things you could put on them to give them different flavors. Okay. Or I'm you can add pepper kale. <laughs> Yeah, you can do all that kind of stuff with kale. Or you can juice it. And if you juice it, just make sure um, you could put like pineapples in your juice to actually get to take over. Yes. Now so, yeah, I, I mean, I used to juice and what I would juice, I would always put a, just a stalk of pineapple. I wouldn't want to put too much sugar, but I would put whatever greens, I would fill it up with, with um, spinach leaves. I was like, Stellar everything. All those things would just be disgusting. And then you put one stalk, one little, like if you go to Whole Foods, they have those like stalks of them and you just put one of them in there and it changes the whole flavor. And you can drink that every day until you get to the point where you want to eat you some actual vegetables. Okay. Okay. I I, I could try that because I've been looking back into other options, just even just changing lifestyle changes. Um because I, I don't know where this little mystery weight came from, but they got to go back wherever it came from. So I'm like, okay. I'll tell you where it came from. The cookies at McDonald's. <laughs> I don't, I, mine didn't come from cookies at my McDonald's. Mine was Tiff Treats. Them cookies. Okay. Oh, well, either way, just want to make sure. Yeah, yours is what? Tiff Treats. But hers was from the McDonald's cookies. We both got a cookie problem. And you was eating Tiff Treats too, so hush. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> but just going, trying to get back into the lifestyle. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I was thinking about revisiting, trying to do the, the, the smoothies and juicing. And I'm like, Ugh. So there's a lady on, um, on, the, on TikTok. She was on my live. And she has fibroids and they were trying to get her to have a hysterectomy. And um, mm. she has changed her diet to plant-based. And I was like championing her for that. I was like, you need to go on TikTok. And you need to document this because people need to see this. Um, she's like, I'm scared. I was like, no, just go in there, show what you're eating. This is going to help somebody. Like the, um, cause a plant-based diet is going to help. Like I can't, I can't recommend a plant-based diet to everybody. I would love to, but I can't recommend it because I know that it's not um, realistic for everyone to do a plant-based diet, but doing a plant-based diet heals so much that you have no idea. Like it's, it goes all the way down to our ancient like way of life. Like I get, like when I was vegan, I wrote this, this whole um, paper on, um, on how, this is how we were created. This is what we were created to eat. And, you know, like, so if you go to this diet, this is everything that is, everything that comes from the ground that was created for us is none of that stuff is going to cause any problems at all. 
it's all going to help to fix things. And so if you can go on plant-based and eliminate all of the toxins, eliminate all of the extra hormones, eliminate all of those things, mm -hmm. then your body starts to reset itself and it starts to get rid of all the things that um, that you were suffering with, all the inflammation, all the pain, all of um, cancerous cells, all of those things can be treated with a plant-based diet. But it has to be a true, healthy plant-based diet. You can't be um, like, vegan like those people that are vegan that um that eat everything out the box all the processed foods you got to do true mm. plant mm. so but yeah it's it it's probably gonna i wanted her to do her tiktoks because i was like it's gonna make a difference and i, I would love for you to document that so people can see that and so she's juicing Definitely. and she's doing all these different fruits and um and all these different herbs and you gotta think about all those herbs out there that are good for you that help with certain things and so um but it's just not realistic for everybody. I can't expect everybody to do it because it's hard. So, and some people just don't want to, you got to be in the right mindset to go plant-based. You got to, you got to know in your mind that this is what I'm going to do and be committed to it. Um, like right now I can't do plant-based. I know I can't. So, but you got to, but I know it, it'll help certain things. It'll help my PMDD. It'll help migraines, but you got to be in the right mindset for it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely that. Because I know like when I had this weight issue a couple of years ago and I tried keto, you know, keto, the the you have supposed to eat good carbs. You're supposed to limit your carbs. And for me at that time, I was heavy. Fresh bread, man, give me a fresh loaf of bread mm -hmm. and it ain't gonna last long. You know, the potatoes and rice and yep. sugar. And when you're on there, you can't have the sugar. You have to find other things besides sugar, um, even with, like I said, even eating the good carbs. So there, that was a total difference. And when you're not having the caffeine, she can't even have the caffeine. No, no, the no sodas and stuff like that. You felt, I felt a difference. Mm -hmm. I had it, I had energy. Mm -hmm. And then the weight was just slow to come. And I, I lost like 50 something pounds in like three months yeah. just doing it. And I was like, well, damn. And it was a difference. Now, the thing was, like, um, with it, when I did have something with sugar, oh, I felt like shit. Mm -hmm. Like, it was like, Ooh, wait a minute, where this come from? We ain't been here in a while. Like, it was a real shock to my system. Even me, I was a big, wasn't big on soda, but every now and then I had to have me a big red. Mm -hmm. So just out of process, when I went to go drink me a big red, it felt like I was drinking dirt. Yeah. It tastes different when you're on keto. The sugar doesn't even taste the way it's like. It's like, what is this? Yeah, I did keto. I, I love keto, and I'm. I mean, I'm halfway keto now. But yeah, when you're strict keto, I mean, you feel like crap if you have some sugar. And then, but the thing about it is, you go through this phase of not even like after you go through the first couple of days of getting getting over the the withdrawal symptoms. You get to this phase of feeling amazing where you're like, I didn't even realize I was feeling this bad. I didn't realize yep. that I wasn't feeling my best because you're on this sugar and that's what the sugar is doing to you. It's, it is keeping you down. So then when you get on keto, you're two weeks in, you feel like the healthiest person. You got all this energy. You're sleeping good. You're losing yeah. weight. Your skin is clear. Like what is going on? I didn't even realize I was feeling bad until I see how good I can feel. Yeah. yeah. And, and that shows you right there what diet can do and what the sugar is actually doing to our systems. Yeah. And people don't realize like sugar is, is an addiction. 
It's an addiction. It's the devil. One of the <laughs> hardest things for people to come off of. It is. It is. It's, 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 it's just. It's the same. It works the same pathways as cocaine. It's an addiction. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely, definitely an addiction. Definitely is. Yeah. That definitely is. And I, with that diet, I. That's when I learned that. Cause I was like, damn, okay, no caffeine. Um, Cause even the, like when I did the, was doing the butter coffee, um, it was decaf. And like, even that was like, you was like, whoa, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. But it was like, you didn't need the caffeine cause now I was sleeping. So I was like, I don't need that to try to stay awake mm -hmm. during the day. And then when I found, you know, if I did need a soda, the soda I found was sugar-free. And I was like, the hell drink a sugar-free soda that don't sound right boy and i tasted it the soda wasn't bad and yeah. then i found other alternatives because like i said i wasn't a big soda drinker anyway i would have that once in a blue moon if i just needed that just that taste mm -hmm. but once i found other alternatives that were sugar-free they actually really were not bad but right. this is happening it's like and you had that little taste as long as i had that little i was good but then i could drink my water the rest of the day but it was a totally different it was a totally different feel not being on caffeine, not being on sugar, not even being on dairy to yeah. a point that you, know, you can't have that technically on there either. So it was like, okay. And then once I got off, I noticed, oh, I don't really like potatoes no more. <laughs> you said like, um, cause it does change. And this goes along with what I was saying earlier about when I was vegan and how certain foods I started to like after a while. So, Things that are like bitter or things like kale, for instance, or vegetables that we don't like that we just don't like that taste. We don't like that taste because our tastes have been corrupted by sugar and we always want sweet and actually bitter is what's best for us. But we're addicted to sweet. So we don't like the taste of bitter. So once you remove. So when you if you go keto or you go vegan. So for me, once I remove the sugar from my I accidentally became vegan, by the way, I became vegan by trying to remove carbs i was like i'm gonna remove bread pasta rice um yes. and potatoes and all that kind of stuff and once i did that i was no longer eating burgers i was no longer eating tacos so i i became vegan yeah. accidentally um but once i removed those things and those sugars from my diet then the things that i was supposed to be eating that i thought was nasty before actually taste better it actually had a good taste and i was like wow, this is weird because my body, like the sugar does a whole lot to you. It, it tricks you into thinking that you need it. And like, so you then crave it. Um, and it has, it tricks your taste buds as well. So when you, you think that's the best thing. And so if you love sweet, you're not going to like bitter. So you take the sugar and the sweet mm -hmm. out of your diet, the bitter now tastes better because it's actually, that's the stuff that's good for you. So that's why you probably things that were sweet, you were like, Ugh. and when you're on that keto diet, you might have tried, you could have tried something else that you previously didn't like vegetable wise, and it might have tasted better to you. You don't like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, because you weren't eating the sugars, the sugars, yeah. people don't, I call sugar the devil, I was gonna write a book, sugar is the devil, because mm -hmm. it has, it does so much to us, it tricks our taste buds, it tricks our brain. Um, it, it literally is a drug, our body is addicted to it. So it tells your body, like your stomach is growing yeast inside if you have a lot of sugar and um, you got, and this yeast is causing inflammation and it's telling your body after you ate an hour ago, hey, I need more sugar. I'm hungry. It sends it to your brain. Okay, I need more sugar. You go crave more sugar so that you can continue this process of um, this whole cycle that's going on with producing yeah. 
um, yeast producing inflammation. And it's like, it's a drug. So it's constantly, and that's why when you, if you're not eating and you go from eating for a while, you start feeling like you're dragging and you're tired because, oh, I didn't, I need this because you're, it's not even you're hungry. You're addicted to sugar. So your body feels, and then you feel like, oh, I'm pepped up just for a second, but then you're going to fall back down again. So yep. that's all due to sugar. That's an addiction. Yeah. Somebody said, you are you okay? You okay over there? <laughs> <laughs> you keep going down that list and she's like. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, I'm like. I know, like, I know it's necessary. It's not the first time I've heard this. And it's bad when you know it and you've heard it. And, like, from it's coming from everywhere now. And it's not so much to me, but it's, like, indirectly hearing people talk about it, seeing it, reading it. It's like, damn, okay, I get, I get what you're saying. I get what you're <laughs> Just got to, yeah. yeah. You just got to get your mind right for it. Yeah. Just start prepping your mind and start, like, saying, okay, I'm going to start doing this. Even in some people, it works if you take one thing out at a time. Like mm -hmm. sometimes just hitting it hard is not for you. So yeah. maybe you yeah. say, I need to remove this from my diet. I'm going to remove now this week. I'm going to remove this. And like right now is the perfect time. Like, I, I mean, like in Louisiana, most of us aren't Catholic, but a lot of us still follow Lent. So it's the perfect time to say, okay, I'm going to take this away from my diet for Lent and just start removing stuff and say, I'm going to fast from this for this reason. Um, if you're if you're real religious or spiritual, use 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 that and say, you know what, I'm going to fast from this and I'm going to fast and pray about this and I'm going to remove this from my diet. So just start like taking baby steps because some people can't just do the cold turkey. You just got to do baby mm. steps. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And just avoid I'm McDonald's. Right. Don't do McDonald's anymore. <laughs> yeah, I had that last night and I regretted the brownie this morning. I was like, oh, yeah, that wasn't it for me. And yeah, that wasn't it. Mm -mm. <laughs> yeah, I eat it every now and then. Every orange blue moon. Yesterday okay. was one of the moons because yeah, I was sleepy and uh, I feel like it was late when I woke up and I was like, I ain't finna cook. I'm gonna hit this drive through right quick. And that's how we ended up with McDonald's. Yeah, I can't do it. My kids, they, they like it and they only like it because my parents started buying it for them. I don't, I can't stand McDonald's. It's, it's all processed fake food. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It, it it definitely is, and it's just like you know when you see that it don't even get old. It's it like that's, that's, that's that's it. yeah, break down. That is not no, normal. It don't grow mold. It don't grow nothing. It just stays yeah. in this place. And don't nothing happen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know it's bad when you have McDonald's or something, or you see these experiments. And even the roaches don't eat the McDonald's. Yeah, know? that's crazy. You could drop a fry in your car. You don't know when that fry got there. Was that last month or last week? I don't know. It looks the same. It looks the same. You're and definitely doing inside your body. It is not breaking down. It's causing some havoc. Yes. Definitely that. Definitely that. So yeah, highly agree. But yeah, those those definitely diet. So um like I was telling you, um, the first thing that my um, doctor suggested was getting a hysterectomy. Right. I remember he said, like, oh, well, you got to be 45. Go and get a hysterectomy. I was like, whoa, Cletus, hold up. Hold on. <laughs> Wait a minute. You just There's dropped so many it. things that she could have said before that. <laughs> 
Very. And I was thinking that same thing after watching, you know, one of your lives. And I was like, hold on, no. Mm-mm, wait yeah. a minute. Wait a minute, baby. Yeah. I know I'm going to be 45. I do not, I do not want any more children. Um, yeah. So what's the other alternatives besides that? Because you just jumped to the end of the line. I we need to be at the beginning. Let's let's start here at the beginning on the options, and let's start with non-surgical options because you you just jumped to straight putting me up under the knife, and that ain't what I'm trying to do. And let's she gave me, you know, after I finally said something to her, she gave me the options, and it was birth control options. Mm-hmm. Um, so currently, yeah, I am taking birth control pill. Um, and I know she said, like, I had to be on one that was like estrogen based because otherwise the other causes more heavy bleeding. Mm-hmm. So that was the route that I took because the option she gave me, I was like, who the hell uses a diaphragm in 2023? She said a diaphragm? Like, she said a diaphragm. Oh. I was like, they still make them? I was like, they still make a, They still make them? Like, as soon as she said it, I was thinking 1950s. When yeah, she I said Body recommend a diaphragm. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah, she told me pills, diaphragm. Um, it was an IUD, but of course, insurance mm-hmm. didn't want to take it because that was my first choice. And then she mentioned the Nuvering. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, they still make that too. Like for real. Yep. Damn, that was so she that should have been her first option. That should have been where she started from. Yeah, she went I agree. all the way down to the bottom. So yeah. I, always, I like to tell people how treatment is supposed to go, how as a provider, we learn treatment. So for instance, high blood pressure as a provider, we learn this is the first line medication that you're going to treat. Um, and then if this doesn't work, then you're going to add this. And if this doesn't work, you add this. So when it comes to fibroids, the way that we're taught is you've got peers. You start mm-hmm. first question you want to know is, do you want to have kids? Do you plan on getting pregnant? So um, there's, so you separating it into people who want to have kids and people who don't want to have kids. That's where you start. Then you say, okay, let's start at the top. You don't want to have kids. First thing we can do is depending on now you're going to look at how, what type of fibroid is it? Is it in the cavity? Is it on the outside? How are we going to treat it? Is it causing symptoms? Do we want to just watch it and see, not do anything? Or if it's causing you symptoms, let's see what we're going to do. Um, it's not causing any, it's not large. It's just causing heavy bleeding. Okay. So we're going to start, you don't want to have kids. We're going to start with birth control. We're going to start with the estrogen, progestin, um, birth control. We can either do the pill. Um, like you said, we can do an IUD. Um, but that's where we're going to start. If the heavy bleeding is the issue, we can also even do, um, I can't ever say that word trans, uh, trans, trans enemies. I can't ever say the word, but it, it's something that you can take while you're on your period, only take it when you're on your period to stop the bleeding. And that's, that's the helps like with the extra bleeding. Um, but I'm sorry, do y'all hear that? Yeah. In my background. Hey! <laughs> he jamming. <laughs> Look, I already told him I was going. I was like, do not make any noise. Um, so that starts. That's where you start. So it's like you don't just jump down to hysterectomy. That's what hysterectomy is at the bottom of both of those. Like it's at the bottom of the list. You don't start there. Yeah. And what bothers me so much, especially when it comes to black women and African-American women, when it comes to the, the field of gynecology, 
is we always get the short end of the stick and people always want to jump to the easy route for them or the quick route and not taking us as human beings into consideration and the things that we may want to go through and or may not want to go through. And surgery should be at the last thing that we're considering. Like it should be at the bottom. We got sort of several things before we jump straight through to, I'm sorry, I'm being distracted by people in my office <laughs> um, before we jump to surgery. So for her to say surgery, just that irritates my soul. The, fa the fact that she yeah. said, okay, you need a hysterectomy and not surgery because there's surgeries that you can do that's not going to be a hysterectomy. There's going to be surgeries mm -hmm. that you can say, for instance, if a woman wants to have children um, and depending on where the fibroids are, we're either going to go through a um, hysteroscope and we're going to go through a vagina and we're going to go inside the uterus and we're going to take the fibroid there or we can go laparoscopic or we can do open but there's going to be different things based on what you want from this situation do you want to have kids or you don't want to have kids where are the fibroids what are the fibroids causing but hysterectomy should never be the first thing that we're going to just say i'm going to let's just do a hysterectomy hmm. yeah agreed definitely agreed yeah, that's important for black women. I always say for you to know if somebody says surgery from the start, get a second opinion, mm -hmm. ask more questions, ask what uh, what other options do I have? Um, because there's so many other options. Even if you don't want to do the birth control, if you want to take a medication to help shrink the fibroids, or um, there's different things. There's so many different options. Mm -hmm. So and. Depends on what symptoms you're having and what are we trying to fix. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I and that's why I say I think a lot of people don't know that there's other options besides surgery because yeah. that's usually what's the first thing that is presented to us. Yeah. And honestly, with me not really knowing until I watched one of your lives, that's why I was like, wait, well. Nope, Dr. Ken said, you know how them kids get when grandma and them told them, uh-uh, grandma said, I was like, nope, Dr. Ken said, I was like, nope, let's go this non-surgical route. What, yeah. what options do we have? Because, yeah, I'm not trying to just up and do that and my body go out of whack in a whole different way because I didn't have a whole full hyster hysterectomy yeah. and could have did something else. That's what so, gets me. They jumped to hysterectomy and like, as I said, not even jumping to surgery. We could at least say, let's try to remove the fibroid. Why are we saying, let's remove the whole kitten? I don't, I don't understand why we're trying to remove everything. When we could at least say, let's try, before we do that, let's try to remove the fibroid. Yeah. Like, no, I'm going to remove the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think she offered, uh, let's see, after the first, I'm going to say maybe after I gone, I went back after that. And then she offered the option of having a dnc okay and i was Wait. like and this was because of the heavy bleeding yes and this was before she offered the birth control yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah can I ask, was she, was she, was she black? You, you know, you know, she was not. Black. <laughs> I just had to ask. You I just know. had to ask. Um, yeah. Um, no, she was, she was not. And my question is like, would she offer the same, would she go through that same thing? I think there's some, there's a lot of, um, uh, what you call that? When you don't know that you're biased, a lot of, um, 
can't think mm-hmm. of the word. Racial bias. What's I told you I was gonna forget words today. What's that? Uh, it's bias that you don't realize you have in this bias. Um, mm. So there's a lot of times they don't realize they're doing it. I mm-hmm. will say that. Yeah. Um, they they have these preconceived notions about black people in their mind that they have come in with, and this is now subconsciously affecting how they are treating black people based mm-hmm. on these thoughts and these biases that they have already kind of come up with in their minds. Um, and so sometimes they make these decisions and they just come like second nature without them having a full thought out process about it. Um, yeah. So I'm not going to always blame it on racism. I think a lot of it is um, them not even knowing sometimes that they're making these, these, choices or these decisions or these statements based on biases. So like, yeah. I don't think they would have said that to a, a, a white woman at all. I don't think that would have been the first thing. Just like when a, a black person is on their way to kidney failure, it's first thing is you go and get, um, go and uh, get your dialysis, uh, dialysis instead of mm-hmm. saying, um, let's see where we can put you on a list for kidney, um, get you know a transplant or let's do these things. They just go straight to dialysis. So I think a lot of that is just, um, yeah, it's sad that it's that way, especially in in that field. Yeah. Because why was she? She she didn't even like I said. We're taught this in school. There's a, there's a a line of you just there's a order of things that you do. You go you start here and then you go here and then you go here. You don't just jump down without considering the other options. And so for her to just, so she still skipped, even when she came to the second part, she still skipped the first one. She didn't even say, you, you got to start with the most non-invasive. Let's start with the most non-invasive thing that we can do here. And we, yeah. she didn't start there. She started with the most invasive. Yeah. Most yeah. definitive thing. Definitely. And then yeah. she went backwards, kind of went back up the steps. Instead of going back to the top, she kind of just went backwards. Mm. Yeah. yeah does not make any sense. Yeah, because it's like once she saw him, then she was like, okay, let's do the endometrial biopsy. So that was like the first thing. Mm-hmm. And then when I went back from that, then she's like, well, okay, well, let's try this. Let's, let's, what about a, you know, DNC went through all that. And then when I went back after I didn't do the DNC, it was just for a follow-up. Then that's when she was like, well, we can always do the hysterectomy. I was like, well, homegirl, wait a minute, non, non-surgical. Let's just go back yeah. to training. You you just went way over there and then you came back a little bit and then you went way back over there again. So it was like, no, I had to suggest the yeah. non-surgical officer. She's like, well, you know, you're you're about to be 45 and I don't give a damn. <laughs> you know, I want to have a kid at 50. But I don't. Right. Yeah. I'm like, no. But yeah, let's try this before we jump into that. And if that don't work, then okay, let's go to the next step. But yes. don't just jump me right without giving me that option. Exactly. So I was like, yeah, no. And let's see. Hope said, uh, I wanted a partial hysterectomy. And she told me, no, she was a black doctor and a very good gynecologist and was the only black doctor at the clinic. Something happened and she left. And this was for the removal of my fibroids. I wanted mine out. And she said, no, you need your ovaries. It's always a black one that's going to tell you the right stuff. Because <laughs> she, she, how old are you, Hope? Hope is 50. And this happened when she was how old? I don't know. How uh Hope, how old were you when this happened? 
So yeah, I was like, hmm. And like you said, that's that thing, like that everybody don't tell you that you need your ovaries, and once they take everything out, your body goes through a whole yep. different thing. Exactly. <laughs> it's putting you through pre um premature menopause. Like you're going through medical menopause right now. Like, and they're not telling them that that this is what's about to happen. Everything's about to change. Your sex drive is about to plummet. Um, you know, you're about to gain weight, you're about to have hot flashes, you're not gonna be sleeping, you're gonna be moody, <laughs> you know, life is about to, about to change completely for you, and you know, it's gonna happen at a point in your life anyway. But why should I rush you to go through that when I, when I, you know, I don't have to let it happen naturally? Lord, yeah, she said she was 44. Okay, yeah, so she just didn't want you to go through prematurely like those things like you still your ovaries are still working they're still functioning let's let them function the way they're supposed to function yeah mm. not remove things that we don't have to remove in the process definitely yeah because yeah i heard that's a whole different ball game i yeah i wasn't signing up for that because i know people that have had to have that did go through because they were doing the the changing every hour um mm -hmm. and just not having a quality of life because it was every hour um and they did the partial did the partial and the partial didn't help so then they ended up going back through and doing a full and i'm like yeah yeah but it was like they weren't offered non non-surgical options yeah. and probably yeah. didn't what other so, surgery did they start from? A lot of people, when they're going and do this surgery, there's surgeries that like you can go in there and you can do the myomectomy where you're removing the fibroids. Um, and instead of just like, I don't know, I just feel like sometimes they jump right into that partial hysterectomy without trying to remo remove the actual fibroids, the cause of the bleeding. That you yeah. know, that's causing the heavy bleeding. Let's try to fix that problem before. We just jump into that partial that part of that surgery. Like there's surgeries, that's procedures that you can do before jumping to that. And that's what I don't understand. Is some of these people are they even getting that option of having those surgeries? Because there's a couple that you can do before you do that. There's a there's a few different options. There's so many options that you can do before you jump straight into that. Yeah, I have a question then. So since we're talking about options and all that, that that part is good, but. What is the conversation that needs to be had when you go to that office? Like, what are the key words? What needs to be said to get that doctor to be like, okay, let's check this out. Because even I could say in my situation, I, I hate doctor hopping. I want to get with somebody, get to know them. They know me so I can bring those type of topics up. And it seems like when you're not heard, it's like, okay, let me just find somebody else and start again. Yeah, it's just constantly trying to find somebody else, because even when I went and took my medical issues, you know, and I told my doctor, she was like, oh, well, what you can do is take some ibuprofen, uh, start a week before your cycle is supposed to start. And that should help you out. And I'm like trying to tell you I'm dying when it do start. And you want to say take some ibuprofen. So it's like what bells and whistles or what do you have to say besides. So. With the ibuprofen, that would be a start. And that's not just because ibuprofen is going to help you with the pain. It actually like blocks prostaglandins and things like that that help to decrease the bleeding. Um, but 
she probably should have had a, a more in-depth conversation with you. I, it's hard for me to tell you what to say to a person um, because I think for me, when I go to a doctor, I know almost immediately whether I'm coming back or not because I know that I can't make this person listen to me. I can tell when I can't make somebody listen to me. Yeah. Um, I can tell if I got to convince you to hear me, I don't want to make you, I don't even want to be there with you. So I like, for instance, I had a primary care doctor. Um, I hadn't had a primary forever. Working in a clinic is hard for you to have a primary because you just be like, you go to your coworker and be like, hey, look, look at this. And <laughs> we get it treated, you know? So I was like, I need to go to primary. I haven't been at primary forever. I need to go get some blood work. This lady was like, she just was not hearing me. And I had tried to make an appointment with a certain guy, but he ended up, his wife had a baby. And so they ended up changing me to her. And I hadn't done my research on her. And I'm very big on research when it comes to doctors. So that's where I would tell you to start um, is researching. I do a lot of research before I make an appointment because I feel like my time is so valuable. Mm -hmm. I don't want to waste my time. I don't have the time to take off from work, go see this doctor. Don't like this doctor. Let me find another doctor. I just don't have that time. So I'm going to do a lot of research. And that research is going to include me looking at where they graduated from, what's their race, how old they are, how young they are. Um, looking at the um, the reviews, looking at what people say about them, because you can't make that person, you'll know the type of doctor that's going to hear you out from the beginning. You That one that's not hearing you, she's never going to hear you. Mm. Like you can't make her hear you. And it's like, you gonna, you shouldn't have to force them to hear you because then it, then it becomes, then they're hearing you and they become resentful and okay I'm doing this just because you asked me to do it mm -hmm. not because that's the right thing to do so I don't want that type of doctor so when yeah. you go in there and that person's not listening to you you don't feel hurt and you try to make an effort to show them that you don't feel hurt and you, they still don't hear you then you gotta I don't want to say doctor shot but you gotta move on yeah because there are providers out there that are going to hear and going to listen to what you have to say. Mm -hmm. um, and you just don't want to be in that position where they're not. Cause I, I mean, that's a horrible feeling for me as a healthcare provider. I know stuff and I feel like I feel belittled. So I can imagine somebody who doesn't know the medical information and feeling like somebody's not paying attention to what they're saying. I'm not giving them the benefit of the doubt. Like, for me, I shouldn't have to tell you I'm a healthcare provider for you to for you to be like, oh, okay, yeah. well, let me. No, I, I I don't tell them I'm a healthcare provider when I walk in there because I want I don't want you to just treat me like this because you know I know better. Yeah. So it's just it's gonna be it's gonna be a little bit about on your part as far as shopping, yeah. and I, it's like shopping for a car. It's like doing the research, seeing how other people like this person, mm -hmm. where this was made. You know, like. So my GYN, I researched her and she's the best thing since sliced bread. I love her. Like, but at the time when I was looking at her, she had graduated like four or five years before that. She was the, um, the chief resident when she was a resident. She now at the time was teaching the residents. So that let me know, okay, she's super smart, but she's also very into like learning what's new and staying educated. Mm -hmm. She was black. She was young. I was like, okay, so I can relate to her. There were so many factors in what made me choose her. Cause I was like, I need to be able to relate to her. Yeah. So when I, first day I walked in there, she took, she was two hours late for my appointment. 
And I, I was like, she got in there and I was like, I was sure about to leave. She said, girl, don't leave. And she just started like, I could hear her talking to the other patients. So I knew she wasn't just playing around. Like she was actually with patients. Mm-hmm. So, but like she, the conversation immediately was like, this is my best friend. Like we felt like, I felt like I related to her. And to me, when it's, when you're going to your gynecology appointment, that is your most intimate part on your body. You should feel like you can have a conversation with this person like that's a good friend of yours, because if you don't feel comfortable enough to talk about the most intimate parts of your body, then you don't need to be in that place with that person because you're not going to be able to ask the questions that you need to ask. And you're going to let people lie because you don't feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. I know I said a lot, but that's that's no, how I feel about that's it. true because we don't have many of us and then the ones that do it's like they're either not taking new patients they're booked far out like it's it's always something and it's like okay well if i need something i'm gonna go with the person that's able to see me and that's kind of you know how i roll like okay well we gonna take some ibuprofen and we gonna die for seven days because i mean that's that's what we gonna do what you should do is look at look at the offices and go look at the doctors in that office see if you can find a black one if you can't find a black one then see what mid-level providers they have look at those as well because if they have a black pa or a black mp you're you're in luck like you don't have to find that physician as long as you have a mid-level mid-levels are going to be we're really like patient-centered anyway so I would say that because you might find a black PA or that a white doctor that has a black PA and then you just ask, oh, I want to get scheduled with the PA or I want to get scheduled with the NP. You may have a better experience in that than going to, you know, someone that you're not comfortable with. Just find out if they have a a mid-level provider there. That's another way of trying to get in there. Or if there's a black doctor, you can't get into them. See if they have a, you know, a mid-level provider. Yeah, it's it's it's, you gotta shop it. You gotta make sure you do your research because you can't make them listen. Mm, Yeah, I I left a um when I had my insurance changed in January. I went to this doctor that everybody was like, "Oh, she's so awesome," but she was hard to get into, so I went. And I was like. Damn, y'all ain't upgraded in how many years? Like y'all still got this look like the 60s office. <laughs> like y'all ain't upgraded for real. Like they didn't have like the table for you to sit on. They had like a like the the hospital like gurneys. I'm like, oh Lord. How was she? Yeah, exactly. That was my thought process. I was like, oh, okay, oh, this is what we're doing. And she walked in and I was like, you got sandals on with brown pantyhose like oh wow explaining the doctor's office very much like this yeah and i mean she was okay but when it got to the point okay i didn't came here twice baby and you see on my paperwork it says i have high blood pressure and you didn't care i didn't came here twice and you said my blood pressure was elevated but you know i'm not on on blood pressure meds think about putting me back on my damn blood pressure meds never addressed it yeah. Never said nothing. It got to the point I'm like, say so. I just came from the OBGYN. Minus I went up four flights of stairs. But um uh, my blood pressure elevated. You, you wanna 
from going ahead and putting back on my medicine. So it got to the point to where I had to request a doctor's appointment, an appointment, and say, hey, put me back on such and such and such now. Like if That's I got to go through them levels, mm -hmm. boo, you, 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 just, you just disqualified yourself. So as soon as my insurance changed, then what I should go back. What was she? What was she? Huh? What was she? Um, she was my primary care doctor. Well, what, what race was she? She look, see you. You don't know how hard it is out here in San Antonio to find a doctor. You, you don't know, baby. And listen. and I hate to say it. I'm not going to even say this one person's name because there's one doctor here that everybody go to, but he kind of bootleg, you know. And I don't want a bootleg doctor. No, I don't bootleg either. You talk about East Houston? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. First name start with L, girl. Yes. Okay. He, he like that. he yeah. like everybody doctor, and he everybody doctor because like when I tell you it's a line, like you giving away free food. I was say, usually, if it's a line, he giving away narcotics, like it, like it's candy. Usually, that's what it is. Yeah, that's 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 a pill. That's a pill mill. Um, when there's a line like that, and that many people. That's because yeah. it's easy to get. And when I say the office is full all day, yeah, that's because he 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 writing those those prescriptions out like mm -hmm. it's nothing. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't like those. You don't want to go to that either because that's what that's that's no. For. And that's and I re I refuse to I refuse to to go to him. Like I was like, no, I want a doctor. I don't want the neighborhood pharmacist to just writing prescriptions for whatever the hell. And that's usually mm -hmm. why people go to him because he's known as yeah. He's writing prescriptions that they want, and that's that's sad. That's unfortunate. So you, when you have them kind, it's like, mm. I don't know. I just, I truly believe, and I say this on TikTok all the time, and I'm like, I say it, you know, with caution because I don't want people to think, you know, I'm racist or I mean, I'm black. I can't be racist, but that um, I'm, you know, having some issue with with white folks. But I just feel like black patients, black people, should have. Just like with any cultural race or um, ethnicity, like I feel like Vietnamese people should go to Vietnamese doctors, especially if they're like, you know, they speak more Vietnamese because this person is going to relate to you. This this person knows what your diet is like. Mm -hmm. This person knows what your lifestyle is like. This person knows what your the cultural norms are in your life. They get that. And people are afraid to say that when it comes to like black and white people, but no, we have our own entirely different culture within this country. And it's best that we're seen by people who understand that culture. So they understand everything about it. They understand how we're eating. They understand what makes sense because they could come and tell you, um, when I was doing my PhD and I was doing my paper, um, I was trying to figure out what I was going to do my dissertation on. And when I realized I was talking about diet in Louisiana and I was like, you know, people, mm. when somebody's telling you to eat this type of food um, for a low fat diet or that, that doesn't make sense to a person in Louisiana. That doesn't make sense to a person in New Orleans when you show them this piece of meat with this broccoli, when they cook a pot of rice every single day to go with their red beans and rice, they, they steak and gravy, they're uh, like, it's just, we eat rice with everything, you know, or we eat, um, we etouffee or we eating crawfish or we eating this like that diet that you're saying does not make sense 
to that group of people. So I think when it comes to anything, like it's supposed to, I don't know, I think we should stay within those cultures because somebody's going to understand, okay, I know that I can't tell you to eat this. Like, I, I know I can't tell you to only eat that, but they're not going to understand that. They're going to just tell you, oh, eat this or, you know, decrease your salt, not realizing how much salt you actually use or, you know, or like I, I think sometimes when we tell people to do stuff, I've had patients come to me and say that the doctor told them to change their diet. If you don't know what's healthy or what's unhealthy, changing your diet is not going to make any difference because some people think they're eating healthy. So yeah, I just I say it's all based on, I think a lot of you should be in the same culture. So when I tell people, when I tell my patients to eat healthy, I tell them, okay, we're going to decrease the rice. We're going to decrease this. I tell them specifics because I know how people eat here. So yeah. Like, you know, a person of another culture or race is not going to be able to help you with certain things. And I just think we got to stay in that. I, I don't know. And I just think they're not going to treat you with the love that somebody that who, you know, we we have this when you see a black person, you know how when you see a black person amongst white people, how you acknowledge them. When it's anything in a doctor's office, you're going to feel like this is somebody that I can relate to. So they're going to treat you a little bit different. I just don't think that, like I said, those, those un unconscious biases that those, that the white doctors have, they just don't realize that they're having that with you. And they don't realize the things that they're telling you to do. I use Jasmine Brown rice now. Oh, you from New Orleans, she's not lying. Who's from New Orleans? Oh, she was saying you from New Orleans because oh, yeah. she, she's listening to the comment because oh, yeah. she's from New Orleans too. Oh, she is. Yeah. So it's like rice with everything. So she understands. Yeah. So you yeah. just can't, those, those dietary recommendations, sometimes they just don't make sense for everybody. So it makes sense for you to have somebody that understands you culturally. Yeah. I, I can definitely feel that. I, I definitely, I can definitely feel that. Definitely. So, but yeah, like you said here. Yeah. It's a, little, it's a little hard here. A little hard. She said they are trying to stop our race from producing. You know what? Sometimes I think that. <laughs> Especially when they jump straight to hysterectomies. What you trying to do? Man, she jumped out the gate. I was like, how you know I don't want no more kids? Like, well, you're 45. Well, I know people that had kids later than 45. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was like, I don't need you to yeah. tell me. I know how I'm going to be. But yeah, that was just, that was her first option. Hysterectomy. I was like, whoa. Keep on smiling. So pass that along to people. Don't go straight to the hysterectomy. See what other things you can do. There's yeah. so many other things you can do. There's, there's, there's some steps to that. Hysterectomy yeah. is at the bottom. Make sure they yeah. have addressed each step with you. Yes. And if, yes. You're, if you have lack of access to, so with y'all issue where y'all are, y'all have the lack of access to more, um, you know, doctors that are going to give you that, that same care. I would say just ask a lot of questions. Like before you know, surgery, they say surgery. Okay. What are the other options prior to doing surgery? What other options do I have? What are the other alternative treatments? Um, just always ask what the other treatments are before, you know, do you jump to saying, okay, I need surgery. And just uh, also think about having, getting a second opinion. If you can't, um, you know, get enough information from them. Okay. Go on there with your notepad. Like you're ready to write mm -hmm. Like yeah. that may that may key them into you having questions. Write questions down before you get there, um, and try to get those questions answered. Like, what is 
questions like, um, what's the, the best outcome of this situation? What's my best case scenario? What's the worst case scenario? What's the least um, invasive treatment that I can get for this? What's my prognosis? Is this going to be, am I going to be good? What's my quality of life going to be, whether I treat this or not? Or like, that's the kind of questions that you should ask. If you, if, if that's what you have, you guys don't have a lot of black doctors, then you just have to make sure you ask those type of questions. Like make, trigger them to think, what are the options? And if I do this option, what, what should I expect from that? What are going to be the negative um, outcomes that I could experience from this? You're taking my, you're telling me a hysterectomy. So does that mean I'm going to go through menopause? I'm 45 years old. My mom didn't go through menopause until 55. So you're telling me I'm going through 10, 10 years early. Like what other options is there? Like you could just, um, just ask questions about options, about outcomes, about um, what would they do? That's a good one right there. What would you do if it was you? Hmm. And I did do her like that. <laughs> she was like, well, I have to do her. But I did do her. And I was like, so I asked a question, asked her a question about fibroids. She said, Well, you know, honestly, I have fibroids as well. And I was like, Well, do you now? But you 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 still have all your parts. Did you right. do a hysterectomy? And she was like, No, she didn't. <laughs> she she put an IUD in and called it a day and she rolled with it. She so why she did she recommend you? That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. And she said it. She said she's had heavy bleeding since she was since she started having cycles. She had always she, been a heavy bleeder. But she she got a freaking IUD, but she offers you a hysterectomy. That's what I just don't understand. So yeah, what would you do? Yeah. I was like, well, thank you for that, man. Yeah. So yeah, after that I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll be changing you too. <laughs> Go find somebody else because I fixed me. Right. You just wanna cut me, ma'am. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was yeah. I was like, oh, I'm glad that insurance was over. But yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna have to find somebody else because yeah, you just trying yeah. to take my parts. Gotta find somebody else. Go find you. I don't know. Yeah, it's like I'm directing my own treatment already. I'm already telling yeah. you, oh, okay, well, yeah, let's do those non-surgicals. Yeah, yeah. That, that that part. Like, I mean, I'm you, having- had to, you had to, uh, I see what y'all are limited there because, I mean, you're over there directing your hypertension treatment. That don't make sense to me either. <laughs> yeah, and and I found out, yeah, I'm that I've actually had to do that. That's why I was like, uh, ma'am, that's, that's, I didn't get to you twice, and I didn't been over here twice. Like, mm, no, thank you. Kind of wanna go and work that out, ma'am. And it's just like, well, let me see what I got. Let me go and tell you. Let me go and tell you what I was on before. Just go and write it for that. Yeah, because I know it works. Because I don't know what you're gonna suggest if that's gonna work. I don't need my lips swollen up, looking like I got stung by bees. Thank so you. let me just. Because I was about to tell you, she, she was she was gonna hand you that lisinopril prescription real quick. Yeah, if I promise. <laughs> Every and see, you already know. Every day, <laughs> doctor, I know here that's the first thing that they give black people is the centipril. It's for because it's the first thing that they give everybody. But again, I told you it says number one, first line. So in the one uh, medication treatment for newly diagnosed hypertension, you're gonna start with an ACE inhibitor, which is lisinopril. But right underneath it is gonna say. Oh, it's going to say in non-black population, 
right underneath it is going to say in the black population, you should start with a calcium channel blocker um, and a, um, a diuretic. You can, all, you can always add the ACE inhibitor on later, but it should not be your first line treatment for African-American people. Um, but again, everybody wants to start not read and not, not pay attention to the actual algorithm of how things are supposed to be done. And so everybody on lisinopril. Yeah, you know, blood pressure is controlled. Um, you know, they coughing, they got swollen lips, they don't want to take oh, nothing yeah. else from anybody else. <laughs> so yeah. Got that cough making it sound like they got COVID. Yeah, I refuse. Yeah. I, I yeah. yeah, I was like, no, go and give me this. She's like, nobody even takes that no more. That's fine. That means it's more for me. But go on and, <laughs> go on and write that prescription because this is what I was on before and I know that it works and I didn't have side effects. So just go on. Yeah. Even the pharmacy, when I got it filled, they were like, um, ma'am, we're going to have to order this because we don't have nobody else that takes it. What more is for it? me. Azor. Oh, yeah. I remember Azor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good old faithful. I was like, I ain't never had a problem with it. It, it works for you, good. and you know it works for you, and you know mm-hmm. you didn't get side effects from it, and you stick with what you know. And yeah. if, if it if it didn't work, it would be a different case. But if if you exactly. know it works for you, yeah. give me what works for me. Yeah, I I wasn't even gonna play Russian roulette with the Cinepril. I, yeah. I see too much. Yeah. yeah, even and then I have a pharmacy background too, pharmacy tech background too. So I already then heard about it. We used to get that was one of the biggest things we got calls for in the clinical was for the the side effects to the lisinopril. Yeah, so yeah, it's not. It just I, it's just it's very concerning that she didn't have the conversation with you. Okay, that first one, your blood pressure's high. What are what are you doing? Um, how are you eating? Well, look, I need you to come back. Let's see. Make these changes to your diet. Let's see what it looks like when you come back in a couple weeks. You know, having that conversation with you instead of just ignoring it. Yeah. And it was like, I was honest. I was like, hey, I have, I I put it on the paperwork. Yes. Yes. She's like going through, oh, so you have a, yes. I was like, I haven't been on medication. Didn't have insurance. So I'm getting everything right, doing, you know, getting my my life together, taking care of me because I've been taking care of everybody else. But at the same time, yes, I have not been on medicine. I have been controlling it by, you know, my diet and stuff. But lately, hey, I know that it's increased from a prior doctor's appointment. So I know, you know, there was some elevation there. So, okay, and now you're telling me now it's a little elevated. Okay, that's two times right there that I'm already telling you. Right. And still she didn't nothing she didn't say well okay well let's get you back on it no that's right yeah, no, mm, yeah i'm gonna change you as soon as january well, we're gonna have to start making road trips for doctor's appointment we're gonna just go on go on down to houston or something somewhere else just don't go yeah, go i got to i gotta find something i know they got yeah. a lot of black doctors in houston yeah yeah, because it is it is it's so limited here. And like Pink said, when you when you do it, it we're in so many groups on Facebook. Um, and one of the groups they're always asking, Hey, who where I need a oh, black OBGYN. I need a black GYN. Like everybody's asking, Oh, go to this person, go to this person. That person either usually isn't covered on somebody's insurance or they're not taking new new patients, or it's all it's like something. And mm-hmm. it's like Doll, and then you hear 
oh no, this happened to me when I went to this doctor. And you're like, what? Well, you didn't have to get your whole uterus taken out because they didn't do some shit. Wait a minute, nope. Hang on a minute. So yeah. it's usually is it's something, or you know, you got yeah. them doctors that just don't doctor right. Yeah, yeah, I don't want you neither. Yeah, no. So yeah. You, you, know, you hear enough stories about people. You was like, yeah, I don't want them. yeah, I'm not gonna go to them. I'm gonna skip them. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It's like some of them times, and you know, you just kind of sometimes you can't bet on black. Yes, it's horrible. That's you horrible. like to, but sometimes you just yeah. Can't. So yeah, with that being said, so we're we're just trying to figure out, and I think one of the one of the what one of the um I guess you could say was considered one of the top um gyns that was here passed away a couple of months ago. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, he had been in the business what seventy something. He was like in his seventies, almost seven, almost eighty, I think, when he passed away. So him and I think he his daughter is in the same practice. He has a daughter that's under him that's in the practice. But yeah, he had been doing it for, like he delivered pretty much all my symptoms. So it was like oh, okay. So he had been around for a good, you know, a, a good long time, very good long time, and just recently passed. Um, January into January, I think. So yeah, I'm like, well, or that's happening. You know, they check it up out of yeah. here. So yeah, yeah kind of, kind of snug. Oh, yeah. that's horrible. Yeah. Well, hopefully, y'all getting some more around there. I mean, I don't know. That's I. Or you may have to, like I say, go out of, go a little further out. Yeah, and I start traveling. Like our road trip. Road trip to the doctor's office. God dang it. <laughs> oh, y'all schedule on one day. Just drive together. Yeah. Gas money. Yeah, that part. We just don't make a whole, whole trip of it. So, yeah, at, at that point, that's probably about where we're getting to. Because it's like, otherwise, it's like just kind of getting quality care. Like, I know there's places, even just clinics here that I know. I'm soon as I'm like, uh, hell no. I ain't going there yet. Like the insurance, I don't know what happened. They didn't take the change to the when I put my who I wanted when mm-hmm. the new insurance and they had somebody else. No, I looked and pulled up. I said, I know you lying. No, I ain't going there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> mm, i reselect this. I wait a whole nother month for this change to go through, but yeah. I ain't there. I'm bro, no. Mm-mm. So, yeah. So, it is it, one of them things, but um. Definitely, even still, we know we have to get stuff checked out. Definitely for women, definitely in that area, we have to get our yearlies and you know make sure everything is good and going. Yeah. And I, man, I know one girl said she ain't been in like ten years. I was like, how you been to? Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> ten years, dog. Nah. If she's young, she definitely needs to get in there because you don't know what you might. You might be missing something's going on in there. And speaking of that, is it true that now we don't have to get, because I know last year when I got my path, she was like, well, you don't have to come back for like, she said either three or five years. I was like, when did y'all stop doing? Like, they don't want you to do the yearlies anymore. It's coming from studies that have shown that, um, that certain... I don't like it because I feel like what if there's a an aggressive something there aggressive, but this, there was studies showing that like okay if I do a colposcopy on someone because they had abnormal cells, 
that if I would have waited just another year, those cells would have normalized or, you know, would have been okay. Um, like certain strands of HPV are transient where they, they will come and then they go away. Um, and so all of these studies are showing that people that you should not, they thought it's doing more harm than good by doing the pap smears every year, because when they're abnormal, we, um, you automatically go to further studies um, and further testing that probably could be put off. Um, and so they changed the guidelines. So like every three years um, for certain people, if you've had abnormals, then it's every year. But if you've had, no, if every pap smear you've had has been normal, then they'll tell you depending on your age, um, three years or five years. Um, so like I went, I'm on my third year and I, I didn't agree with it. The only reason I, I'm on my third year is because I got busy and I, I changed jobs and stuff. But um, I feel like if you want to go every year, you have the right to go every year and get that pap smear. So whether or not your insurance is going to cover it all the time, I think this insurance is still going to cover it because it's just a recommendation. Um, and then if you are promiscuous or you've had multiple sexual partners in the last couple of years, that puts you at risk. And that's a reason to go every, every year. So if you were ever told that if you wanted to go every year and you were ever told that, oh, you don't need one, just say, look, I didn't have about five, six partners. <laughs> just tell them that. And that. <laughs> and like, okay. um, because that's one of the reasons to have them every year. So I, that's why I tell my patients. I'm like, just tell them, tell them you got around. You had a, you didn't switch to partners. I had a drug night and I had like 10 partners. In one <laughs> because the more sexual partners you have, the higher risk you are of developing HPV. Um, and so they will do a test on you every year. You just look. I, I, I'm a lady of the night. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's based on studies, though. But I just tell people, if you want to be comfortable going every year, go every year. I've never had an abnormal, so I wasn't. I still wanted them every year. But this last couple of years, Hurricane Ida, me losing my house, all kind of stuff happened to me. So I was like, I didn't actually went to three years. Good Lord, let me hear it. I think though the last time I went was 2020. Yeah, so it's time. Um, but I was okay with it in my mind because I was like, you know, I've never had an abnormal pap. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, Jackie said that too. She said, I was just told no yearly this year. Mammogram, yes, but no yearly. So yeah. yes, it's true. Yeah, um, they still recommend, but they, this is the thing, pap smears aren't recommended every year, but your pelvic exam still is. So you going there and getting a pelvic exam, getting a, a, a swab, like checking for any STDs, um, that is, you can still get that every year. That's still something, you, if you just want to go and get your checkup, that's, you can get that. They're just not going to do an actual pap smear. Go on the mask because I already see the shoes. I didn't even know it was slippery because they usually do all that together. I'm like, so a lot of people don't realize that they always think they think the vaginal exam is your pap smear. So like you're getting a pelvic, a pelvic is just the actual exam that I'm going to do to 
be able to do the pap smear. Mm -hmm. So the pelvic is me putting that speculum in, looking at your vagina, making sure everything's normal. I'm going to swab you anyway to check for any um, STDs because you can get that yearly check whether you're, you know, having sex or not, they'll do that. Um, and just making sure everything is normal, doing a biomanual exam, pressing on your uterus, making sure all of that stuff is normal. Um, the pap smear, it just happens during a pelvic exam where they're scraping your cervix with that little, you feel that little brush in there. That is what you don't have to do every year, oh, but you okay. should get your pelvic um, just to remain, make sure like getting your yearly exam still should have your yearly exam, still should make sure, go there and make sure everything else is normal. Everything else is in line. Yeah. Well, I learned something. I sure didn't know that. I thought that was all a part of the exam. I'm like, do what now? <laughs> With the pap smear? Because I get the, they do the full yep. separate. Okay. Right. It's, all, it's two different things. Like I have, I have had patients, I learned that I think because, you know, once you go to school, I went to school really young. So I was practicing at 24. So I, I learned that things that I knew at a young age that not everybody knew that knows at this young age. So I, I remember seeing patients and th then thinking that a pap smear was everything. All in casing was a pap smear. Like, I need a pap smear. And I'm like, why do you need a pap smear? Because I think I got an STD. And I'm like, well, that's not a pap smear. You just need a pelvic exam. Like, and, I, and like, I, it started hitting me that, oh, wait, okay, this is not common knowledge. But again, I didn't know it was a common knowledge because I learned it so early. So, yes, yeah. yeah, it's, it's two separate. Yeah. And, and I'm laughing at Hope. <laughs> she said, yeah, it's different. I learned that yes, last year. I thought I had something. <laughs> oh, well, what was she thought she had? <laughs> you yeah, know, I, did a, I ain't the only one. I did a, um, I did a post Ooh. the other day on, um, things to teach your daughter and I saw that. everybody I was like wait grown women need to know this but I did it specifically because I've seen so many grown women that don't know it that I felt like we needed to teach it early on so that they our children don't get to that age and don't know it um and like one of the simple things of discharge is normal like I find so many people that come in and they're like I got this discharge and they like I've had a girl come in when I was at the urgent care and she kept coming to get tested and I was like, it's negative. What, what, what do you think is going on? And it's like, when I would start digging, finally, I'm like, okay, what does the discharge look like to you? And she's like, oh, it's this. And it keeps changing. And I'm like, well, yeah, it's going to change. And so I realized, I started realizing that people, you know, not everybody knows that this thing is normal or just being younger and thinking about having discharge and thinking something's wrong with you like what is that mm -hmm. or even having some kids some mothers who became mothers really young or who became sexually active really young they don't realize that that discharge will happen regardless of sex or not and that was why i did that video because i was like let's talk about things that have nothing to do with sex so when we can think about our our daughters that you're not over here telling her she's having sex because she's got discharge or she's hiding her panties because she thinks, Oh Lord, my mom is going to think this, or, you know, it, this, yeah. these are things that's going to happen regardless of sex or not. So yeah, that video, um, kind of hit a, a couple nerves in some people. <laughs> they were just like, yeah. Oh, I I know that. It. Yeah. Yeah. Cause old, old traditions, that's what they would normally consider. 
Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. You see a discharge, then oh yeah, she's being sexually. Active. And she's having sex, and they think she's having sex. No. Once you become, um, once you go through puberty, you're gonna start. Your vagina is gonna start producing discharge, and it's gonna go through its different stages. And but and it, it's like, yeah, I, I said let's a lesson to teach your daughters, but it was for for adults too. It's just like this is information that you know we definitely need to teach our daughters so that they don't get to that point where they're older thinking that something's always wrong or, um, you know, or uh, just to having parents that, that think something different. Yeah. Yeah. You, you right. Cause I think most of my, in my generation, I think we go, we went through it. <laughs> yeah. I, we definitely experienced it. Yeah. It was that, yeah. that automatic assumption. Oh, okay. She must be sexually active. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I always, it makes me wonder about my mom because I didn't become sexually active till I was 18. And, but I went through stages of different discharges. And I remember, I remember trying to rinse my panties out in the sink because I thought something was wrong. Like, why do I have that? Ew, like something's wrong with me. But um, my mom never made me think that, you know, like she never said, which are you having sex? But that always makes me wonder, like, I wonder if she thought like, if she considered that when she Mm. saw that, but yeah, that's that's all normal. You're gonna go through those stages of them being having a different color or um, you know, it having a different aroma, um, depending on what kind of food you're eating, what kind of medications you're taking, all of those things. That all yeah. makes a difference. Yeah. And and as you say it, it's adults, it's women yeah. that that don't know that they see discharge and they're automatically like, oh, this nigga didn't give me something. What's going on? You know, it's that because it's a lot of women that don't know neither. That's just like the the proper way to wash, you know, not using a washcloth. Yeah. That's a hard one. Always, they fight me you on that. washcloth, you ain't clean. <laughs> yep. They, they believe that. But then I don't know if you saw the video I did uh, the other day, the ones that the things men should know about women's vaginas. I mm. put that one out. Because I was like, I, I keep hearing men say, oh, it should smell like water. Yeah. No, it's not going to smell like water in any time. It's a vagina. It's going to smell like a vagina. Then somebody in the comments was like, I don't want it. I want it to smell clean, not like a vagina. I said, well, clean <laughs> is a vagina. Vagina, good, A healthy vagina smells clean and the clean is what a vagina smells like. It's like, it's not going to smell like water. It's a vagina. <laughs> it's just like, I don't understand. I don't what you're trying to. And so I made sure to put in there that they could also be the cause of it. Like just, just her having sex can can be the problem. So don't come over here talking about it needs to smell like water and she smells that, funny. That rapper got them thinking it's supposed to smell like water. That song that had came, I remember he wanted a, the thing should smell like water. Wasn't it Plies? I think it was him. Ooh, he had that song about, yeah, I'm going to find it and I'm going to play it for you later. It's a song and it say that. That's the lyrics. Send me that and anyway, um, message me that so I can, okay. I can yes, um, my, be my next TikTok. Like yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, oh. it's not supposed to smell like water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it'd it be that that whole whole belief system. It's like, um, I think one of the funny things is, and I know on TikTok, I see it on TikTok more. That's the first time I've seen it. And I see it more on TikTok than anything. The, the coochie drink. When you put in all the, the cranberry juice, the pineapple juice, everything is loaded with sugar that you're putting in there and you're drinking it because it's supposed to make you taste sweet. 
Now you got a yeast infection. Because you've been eating because all, you the all the dang sugar. <laughs> exactly. And probably borderline diabetic. Yeah, you got a UTI. You got a coochie appointment. You got a UTI, a yeast infection, and your blood sugar all crazy because you over here trying to make it taste a certain way. Because everything, everything was full of sugar. It was cranberry juice. You put in so much. Then you put in pineapple juice. Then you put in, I mean, everything was sweet. And everybody was like, dang, y'all put so much sugar in that shit. You ought to be sweet. <laughs> dang sugar you putting in there. You take you a probiotic and you drink some water and you'll be fine. <laughs> I don't, all that is not necessary. Yeah. It's yeah. all of these different, they're all trying to do something. I mean, I don't know. I think men <laughs> need to be educated just as much so women can stop trying to, to yeah. transform to what they think they're supposed to be. Uh -uh. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. But then you got the other women, like in the women's group we're on in Facebook, where you got oh women God. that don't know and a few of them get together and they tear down the others when it comes to stuff about our bodies and they argue about the way the lips should look and the way it should smell. Oh and my God. Should... They argue about lips. Oh my God. And like, I give this lesson to my, to the girls. I show them a picture of 50 different vaginas and I ask them which one is normal. And those girls are all smart enough to tell me every one of them have always told me all of them. And I thank you. Every single one of those are normal. And I like, I make sure to tell them like in like the group I talked to the other day, I told them your normal is going to be different from her normal. What you see on Pornhub is not it. <laughs> Like it's gonna be completely different, so it's not gonna look like that. Yours is gonna look a certain way. Hers is gonna look a certain way. Mm. All that uh, about lips and they fussing about lips. I kid you not. How old are they? Man, this, this, I'm women you, arguing about this lips. Group, you you are never you don't never know what to expect in this group. <laughs> oh Lord, I'm ever. I mean, ever know what to expect? We just be like, really? She just. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm, okay. It's sad. And and that's what they do all day long. And somebody in there, I guess they the 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 ologist of what it should be, what it should look like, smell like, feel like, and just all day long. And I'd be like, T, look at this. Look at yeah, this. Exactly. Look at this. Look at this. It gets me though when you have people that have no um no medical like experience or they don't even have the 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 knowledge that they've gained from a book. They've just taken something that they learned on the internet or they mm -hmm. their own personal experience and they call themselves to go and, and tell people what they think is right. And you're up here on a platform trying to tell people they're wrong or telling people they're right. I have people that come under my post and tell me I'm wrong. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Mm -hmm. Like wow. I had a, the, the guy on that told me, uh, he told me yes uh, today. He said, "Cause you know, one of the videos I was talking, it was about the one with the men. Um, what they know, she know about the vagina, and I was talking about how sometimes if the man or the woman um, are sleeping, having more than one partner, and he said, um, he said, no, it's not the men having more than one partner. It's the women. And again, I'm just, I told you I was PMBD, and so my response was, I'm sorry that happened to you. So." <laughs> Because I was about to keep going and talk to him about it and say no, but I was like, you know, I'm not, I'm sorry that happened to you because I ain't got time for it. Like, you didn't mm -hmm. been through something, like, and you won't come on here and tell me what it's from. No, okay, 
I'm sorry to happen. I'm sure okay. it probably like in your situation, maybe, but it needs you also need to know that a lot of times men will be the cause. Simple yeah. as that. I don't want to hear that. Yeah, and men do that too. Like that, they go through the lips and what the vagina looks like. And mm-hmm. oh, if it looked like roast beef, she didn't had a whole lot of partners. Don't nobody want it looking like that. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, stop it. Yeah, grow up. grow up. Yeah, that part. I just be like, y'all just fix it. Mm-hmm. Jesus. <laughs> grow up. I just, I just be want people to grow up. That's it. <laughs> I'm laughing. Jackie say they they're gonna need a, uro- a urologist messing with that crap. <laughs> trying to cause all kind of problems. Yeah, but it is. I I've seen that mess and it, it's floating all. That is one of the biggest things I see on TikTok, and I'm like, oh my god, y'all just just drink and swallow a bag of sugar. Yeah, because basically what y'all doing. There's a lot of freaking sugar in there. A lot. All them different juices. Why? All that just because y'all want to taste sweet for a session. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it was plies, y'all. It, it was, was plies. plies. It was plies. And, what song and was it? And it's called Water. And that's what he says. He wants a girl that smell like water and no odor and all that other stuff. And yeah, it's in, it's in the lyrics. But yeah, I remember it was a song about that's what got him thinking about they ain't supposed to have a smell and it needs to smell like water, whatever water smell like. I oh, guess it's the taste of air and the smell of water. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, look, yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> I to say that song is, I want to say that it's an old song too, because when I was it. in my younger times, I. She said her younger times. Her younger I mean, times. You didn't got seasoned. Yeah. She said younger times. I'm about to um look that song up. I'm gonna mm. look at the lyrics to that. It says 2007 is when that song came. Oh, for real? Oh, it dang. 2007. So that was yeah. So we're at a younger age talking about. So then now these guys got the impression that you know, and the younger women thinking that it's supposed to, and then here we go. Dang, that's baby. We that long, really that long ago. The online is saying, I'm, "I'm gonna need to go because I don't remember that song myself. I'm gonna have to go look that up, go listen to that because I'm not, I, I, I'm not a big plies person. I've listened to some of his stuff. I always thought he sounded a little um short buses when he <laughs> sounded like something wasn't quite right. I don't know. That's why I say I'm not a big player. It's a couple of songs that may be a little, little catchy, but I ain't a. So the name of the song is Water. Yep, it says it's called that. That's what the online said. It's called Water. So Water by Plies, and see if it come out. Yeah, it came out. It says it was released in 2007. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Very, very, very vulgar song, but yeah, that's that. That was it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I see it. Hmm. Well, that damn. So, mind you, how old we were 
in 2007. So like, imagine being in that age where you're 19, 20, 21, 22, kind of finding out about your body and hearing that it's supposed to smell like water. Right. Like water? What does water smell like? <laughs> How do I get that scent of water? <laughs> Sounds like a stressful time, don't it? <laughs> he sounds real um pedoph pedophilish in this song. Mm. He said, mm. period just went off and you can't smell a thing. Peace smell like and touch like she was 13. Oh, I didn't get that far down there, but okay. Oh. Uh, you should have gotten in trouble with everybody else then, but that's her yeah, when she leave the club. Peace smell the same. Now you telling me <laughs> so she smelled like water. Even after she's been sweating in the club, is what you're telling me? Okay. Mm. Mm. I'm almost sure I ain't never heard this damn song. Oh, they used to bump it in the club. I want to freak you and F you. I ain't trying to smell you. want to raise that little pee and take care. I can do oh. it oh. without the hair. Oh, lordy. My. Mm -hmm. Well. Because I remember it being played in Christelle's. Really? Yes. <laughs> was the end of the night where they playing the last bangers and it get kind of hood. Yeah. Ah, Jackie. Jackie said yeah. them girls didn't, didn't got no tips from Plies. <laughs> yeah, I'm reading these lyrics. I'm just done. I, you read the ly lyrics and I'm done. I'm like, the hell? I know I I I do not remember that song. Was that that yeah that do um uh-uh them creep vibes mm, some real R. Kelly stuff to me. Yeah, yeah. I was just finna say it, yeah. Cause that mm. yeah, that's real R. Kelly. He stayed 13. He got me at 13 right there. That 13 <laughs> cancels it. I is canceled out all across the board. Whole song canceled out at that point. Mm -hmm. No, everything mm -mm. that's why you want to smell it water. She ain't hit puberty yet. Yeah, mm. <laughs> like come on. Yeah, that ain't it. That mm. yeah, okay. Mm. So, so one of the questions we missed, uh, Hope asked, what is a good probiotic? Um, so good probiotic is gonna be something that has the lactobacillus acid. I can't even get the word out. The lactobacillus in there. So most probiotics now are gonna have that in there. Um, I tell everybody you gotta just. I used to say certain probiotics, but everybody's gotten really competitive with the probiotics and they're all trying to get to the same level. So you're going to see they're going to have everything that they need in there. So just make sure it has that in there because that's the main thing that you're going to need for vaginal health. Um, and just don't pay attention to the um, don't pay more for something that's supposed to be specific to the women. Because if you take that bottle and you go to the next aisle, to the regular probiotics, it's usually the same thing in there. Um, just look at the um, the CFU to see, like compare when you're looking at the bottle, see which one has the highest CFU. That's the one you want to go with. Um, but yeah, I like I said, I used to say different brands, but they're all really good now. Okay. You just gotta just pay attention, just read labels. Okay. Uh, so what do you think about the one that has cranberry in it? So that's going to be good for urinary health. Um, and that's okay. 
So if you're prone to having, that's the only one that I would say is okay to be specific for women or whatever. If you're, if it says urinary health, because it's people that are prone to UTIs, it may add something extra like the cranberry that's going to help you with UTIs. But um, otherwise, probiotic wise, all the other um, probiotics, that, bacteria that's in there is probably going to be the same. Okay. It just added a little something so they could say it's for UTIs. Okay. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah, because I see it's a little bit of mm, everything. Yeah, it's a good little market right now from what I'm looking on here. Because yeah. I know I use that one, the one by VH Essentials. Okay. And that one has yeah. the cranberry in it. Yeah. So that's just good for urinary health. Um, but most of the bacteria is going to be the same that they have in all the other ones. Okay. Cool. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yep. All right. Awesome. Well, we're going to close out because we didn't quickly hit that two-hour mark. <laughs> um, with the with the piece of song and oh but lord did i answer all of the fiber questions i i think we went through everything yeah i think we did uh symptoms um process of asking definitely yeah. um that process even for treatments um dietary yeah. um what else uh what is considered heavy bleeding Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to have to ask you what that one med was because you couldn't think of what it was that you could take when you're on your cycle and you're having heavy periods. The, um, um, hold up. I might have, I thought this book right here. Um, it is, it's got to be right here in this section here that I'm looking at. Transemic acid. Mm. I don't know. I can't think of that. Transemic acid. I ain't never heard of it. Yeah, it's um, you can take it when you're uh, like during your cycle. That's the only time you yeah. have to take it is when you are taking it for the heavy bleeding. So if you don't want something, if you don't want to do a birth control where you're taking it every day, you only want something to take when you need it. You can take that, and that will help with the bleeding. Okay. Does that um does that interact with any other me with any medications? The it may. So if you're on if you got any bleeding disorders or if, like let me see. Um hold on. Let me look at my Hippocrates so I can give you a very informative answer. So transemic acid, contraindications, drug interactions. Um, um, so thrombogenic event effects. So if you're on any type of like um, medications for like blood clotting or anything, um, your doctor wouldn't even prescribe it to you. Um, and it lowers the seizure threshold. So if you're on any... Um, any medications for seizures or something like that, it would be, so you wouldn't take it if you're on a birth control pill um, already. And let's see. And anything for Von Willebrand, anything for any cancer drugs. Um, 
and that's it. It's a few drugs, but they look like they're all like hormonal or um, blood, you know, clotting drugs. So, okay. and only ones they're absolutely contraindicated in are the ones are birth control. Gotcha. So okay. You're not on birth control. You don't have any blood uh, disorders, not on any cancer medications or anything like that. You could take that and it's, you take it as needed. Ah, okay. Good information. Cause, uh, yeah, but good information right there. I'm like, hey, do you know about this? Cause I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm start testing people, and I hear, hey, do you know about this? Cause there's a doctor that I follow. That said, you know about that? Yeah, so that's bringing no, bring no pad in, bring a no pad, that, yes. a pen. I think that might get them to thinking. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, thinking like, oh, she didn't did a little research, and mm -hmm. yeah. Mm hmm. Because I had to do that other lady the same way. I was like, oh, I looked up some non-surgical treatments. On yeah. yeah. And she she was kind of looking like, like, yeah, because you're not going to cut on me, ma'am. So, yeah, that part. But yes, so that is good and definitely, definitely good, uh, good information. So we are going to go ahead and get ready to close out. Uh, Dr. Ken, do you have anything to close out with? Um. Not that I can think of. Follow me on TikTok if y'all not following me. It's at Dr. Kenitra. And uh, that's it. I'm there. Bye, boys. 101 complete. <laughs> You're welcome. Yes, yes. Thank you, you Lord. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, ma'am, you want to do your, your outro, ma'am? You, pinks. <laughs> you have to look on your face. I'm trying to figure out a way to reverse conception right about now. I'm I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how we just reverse and put it all back. No, um, it was a great show as always. Thank you so much, Dr. Ken, for being here. I appreciate you personally. I am going to call my insurance on Monday and try to find me a color match, and we gonna go down the cycle and see what we can find. So to be continued. All right. Good. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, yes. Hope definitely. Uh, that's what's up. I'm glad she said she Thank followed. You. Thank you. Yes, that, that is awesome. Like I said, if y'all are not following her, um, definitely following her because not only are her lives amazing and very educational and informative, um, it, it's just, it's a good vibe and it's, it's good to have somebody that's in the, in that community of being on a medical level to give good information. Cause some people just be trying to make some money. So, yeah. uh, yeah. definitely, um, yeah, definite. And like I said, she has plenty of videos, um, that are on there with pretty much everything. She didn't buy covered. I mean, pretty much anything between her IG and her TikTok. Y'all can go in there and get information. And if y'all have questions, she's open to y'all inboxing her. So, I mean. Yeah. Hey. I answer every every message. So, just send me a message. Yeah. It may take me a couple weeks, but I do answer every message. <laughs> yes, she does. Yes, she does. So, definitely. Um, we will be having her back also. We're going to have we're gonna work on that next date already because uh, we got these children around here. Yes. And life is starting to life. <laughs> I'm in a lane that ain't technically my damn lane. 
So uh, I need all the information I can get because I'm rolling solo dolo. So um, yeah, and I, I know I'm not the only one that ha that has that kid that's in that right there on that peak and you're like who where do we go from this conversation because hey yep. pre-conversation we had me and pinks made a discovery with our children that we were not ready for and didn't even know that they knew and they messed us the hell up and i was like oh shit i felt like i was like behind like 10 years or something so <laughs> you know these tough conversations and just being able to be armed with information makes parenting a little more smoother yeah. You just got to be willing to have the conversation. No? And that's the good part. Yeah. Because it's going to be uncomfortable. So being okay with being uncomfortable. Yeah, that 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 uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that part. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. We had to had some little conversations I wasn't ready for. And I was like, oh, yeah. And this is for the boy. So just imagine. Yeah. In the in the lane that, um, yeah, I ain't supposed to be over here. So, <laughs> but we got it. Somebody got to do it. So why not it be mommy? So, yeah. Uh, so definitely, like I said, we are going to have Dr. Kim back to go through that with us. Cause this is actually a subject we wanted to have <laughs> like a year ago, but didn't have nobody. And Hey, TikTok sent a blessing through. So now we got somebody. So, and it's somebody yeah. that we trust. So, Hey, we going to get it done. Um, so thank y'all for tuning in. We definitely missed y'all last week. Glad that we are definitely back in the business in the place and getting this done and educating. Uh, coming up, of course, in a couple of weeks, we will be hitting our two-year anniversary. So we are definitely excited about that because, whoo, two years in the game. I'm like, whoo, where did the time go? So uh, definitely tune in next week. Same time, same channel. Uh, peep out the group, um, you know, the page, all that wonderful stuff when we post something. I uh, might have a project to do this week that's actually cool since it's um, Women's Month. Uh, it was a cool little activity Alta had us doing in, in Circle that I thought was really, really cool. Women's Empowerment. A little uh, giving some self confidence, so it's a cool activity. So, definitely might have y'all do it, see what y'all come up with. So, definitely be safe, care, and we will see y'all next week. <laughs>